We had one of our church members tell me that she had always disliked repetition. And I warned her that the Apostle Paul said, to write the same things to you, to me, indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. If a person cannot stand repetition, and they're always running about trying to hear new things, I think they're in danger. That's the way the people at Athens, that's the way they were, because they always wanted to hear some new thing. And Paul warned them. He said, I see you're very superstitious. You're always wanting to know something new. They even had an idol in Athens that was to the unknown God. And Paul said, he is the God that I am speaking to you about. This unknown God is Jesus Christ. You don't know him. And Paul spoke to them and said, in him we live and move and have our being. I'm warning us that we need repetition of the word of God. We especially need it in the last days. Because there's so much around us that is not the Word of God. The television is filled with doctrines of man and what's right in the sight of men. You need and I need the reinforcement of the pure Word of God. And when they ask us what we think, we need to be able to quote the Bible. For what we think doesn't much matter, but what does matter is what the Bible says. I mean, certainly what we think matters to us because we have to renew our mind to the Word of God. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So yes, of course what we think matters to us because we have conformed our mind to what God thinks. But so far as those other humans out there, what we think doesn't matter. We're not going to be the one at the day of the judgment seat of Christ who is judging them. God is going to judge them by the word of God. So it is the word of God that matters. So we say, the Bible says such and such on this subject. And we quote it. And if you can't quote it, keep a little New Testament Bible with you at all times so you can pull it out and read it to them. Some of them will get saved. But if they depart, let them depart. But you're not going to save them by appeasing them in their sin. In Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, Paul says, This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So concerning repetition, for me to re repeat a message is safe for you. In two or three hearings, that word will be established, says Paul. This is the third time, Paul says, I am coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses. 
That doesn't mean you have to have two or three different people speaking that message. It means that two or three times of hearing this, every word will be established, says Paul. So I often am led to repeat messages. I keep scripture collected for myself that has been given to me by the Holy Spirit to strengthen me in moments of trouble. I keep those scriptures on my Kindle photo album and I can go to those scriptures and look at them and they greatly strengthen me and help me to endure. Oftentimes at night there will be a few minutes that I have before the blog publishes and I like to read the blog as soon as it publishes so that if there's any typographical error I can correct it or any other kind of error before you read it. Although I proofread these writings three or four times before they're published. It's amazing how things can still be wrong. So oftentimes there'll be one letter that's wrong and I try to correct it before it ever gets to you. I might have five or ten minutes before the blog is going to publish at night. And I will ask God, well, how can I fill this time? And very often I'm reminded of those scriptures I have collected. So I go to my Kindle photo album and read the scriptures that I have collected on that album. I can take screen prints of the Bible and it will appear on that photo album just like it, a picture would, a photo would. I collect it there. It's just easier for me. But I do keep collections of scriptures, and I often look over those collections and remind myself of the exact word of God. There's something so concrete when you read the exact scripture. It's just so concrete in a world that is so vaporized with one doctrine or one saying of man after another. Repetition is very important in working out our own salvation. For Jesus said in the end times that because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold. But he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. Enduring in the word of God to the end. You just make yourself do it. That is um, Matthew chapter 24 where Jesus said that. And another thing that God has shown me is this. If someone says to you, well, what do you think about such and such? Don't just say, well, according to the Bible, it's wrong. Tell them, according to the Bible, it says this, and quote the Bible to them. The exact verse and scripture, and if you can't do that, just look it up and read it to them. I think that's very important. The Catholic Church used to teach that divorce was wrong, but they didn't give any scripture. Actually, they told their Members don't read the Bible because you might misunderstand it. 
The priest will tell you what you need to know. This is terrible because listen to what Paul says about the Bible. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17, Paul says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And Paul says, prove all things by the Bible. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Prove all things. Prove your relationships. Hold fast that which is good. Is that person turning you away from Scripture? Or trying to draw you to another direction? That wouldn't be good. But if a person is reinforcing Scripture with you, and pure doctrine and real doctrine, that I would want to cling to that person, and I especially want to cling to that person, if they show me they are following the Spirit of God. For most church people just don't follow the Spirit of God at all. Most preachers don't follow the Spirit of God. But those who follow the Spirit of God, hearing from God what to do, hearing those scriptures from God, those are the ones you really want to have as your friend. At one point in my life, in 1975 up to 1980, I owned a small business in Dallas, American Indian Arts Business. I would fly to New Mexico to the Indian reservations and buy merchandise. I knew a great many of the Indian potters especially. Margaret Tafoya was somebody I had the pleasure of knowing, famous Indian potter. Margaret told me this story. She had seven children, and she wanted them to study the Bible. So she took them out of the Catholic Church and enrolled them in McCurdy Mission Church. The priest called her in and said, You can't do this. You must put your children back into the Catholic Church. And she said, No, I want my children to study the Bible. He said, People like you don't need to study the Bible. You don't need to read the Bible. You could misunderstand it. I have to stop and say, I have dealt with many Protestant pastors who have misunderstood the Bible. So don't think just because someone has gone to Bible school, they understand the Bible. Back to Margaret's story. The priest said, people like you don't need to read the Bible We'll tell you what you need to know. Margaret continued to insist she wanted her children to study the Bible. She told me, she said, that priest, he just got so mad at me. She said, he, he said, if you do this, you can never confess your sins again. And Margaret told me this with great shame. She said, oh, I don't know what came over me. But I said to that priest, I don't have to confess my sins to a man like you. 
I'll confess them to the Lord. And she said, oh, he got so mad at me. He put me out of the Catholic Church and I can't be buried in the cemetery. I said, Margaret, no man can put you out of the church. Only God could do that. And she was so grateful for hearing that. And I said, and furthermore, it doesn't matter where you're buried because when you die, you're simply asleep. And when Jesus returns, he raises the dead who are in Christ, who believe in him. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I keep this scripture in my collection of scriptures, and I often read it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, concerning those who have died, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Often when I read that verse, I'll think of my mother, my father, my aunt, my uncle, and other people who have been in our church group who have died. They're asleep. They will be raised from the dead when Jesus returns to gather the elect of God. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, dead, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them that are asleep. We will not go before them that are asleep. The dead in Christ rise first, and then those on the earth are gathered up by Jesus, by his angels, with the trump of God, they are gathered together, given new spiritual bodies, and raised to meet Jesus and the dead in Christ who've already been resurrected. So what Jesus is saying here is that we won't go before them. The living will not go before those who have already died. They will go first. We will then be taken off the earth if we're still living. We'll be taken off the earth and rise to meet them in the air. So he's talking about this here. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not go before them which are asleep, dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words.
one day God spoke these words to me in the air. And I knew it was a scripture. I found it in First Thessalonians 4. It's in this section of scripture. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Why in the air? Because this present heaven and earth will be destroyed by God in the end times, and we will be taken to the new heaven and the new earth, which has been created for us, for the elect of God, by God. We'll look at that. This current earth will be destroyed. We will be taken off this earth before it is destroyed. But look at Second Peter chapter 3 as to the fate of this earth. Second Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 14. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Everything you can see with your natural eye will be burned up. So we're here at the end times, and I said to a pastor not long ago who wants to build a new church building, everything will be destroyed by God at the end of this world, and we both think we are in the last days. So your focal point, instead of the church building, would be the church. Being sure that the church is ready for the return of Jesus. Speaking about being born again. Speaking to the church about turning to God with all of your cares and living in peace through prayer. Because that's what Peter tells us in this section of scripture that we must do as we wait for Jesus. So Peter says, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, Be diligent that you may be found by him when he returns, by Jesus when he returns, that you will be found in peace without spot and blameless. So if you have anything troubling you today, you are not ready for the return of Jesus. You have to be found of him in peace, says Peter. How do you do that? Through prayer, 
Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. If you're troubled about anything at this moment, if you have any concern, any dread, any fear, you are not living in peace. You're not ready for the return of Jesus. So I told this pastor, I said, you need to focus on the members at your church instead of the church building. Because when Jesus returns, Peter tells us we need to work and be diligent that we'll be found in peace. And the only way we're going to be in peace is by turning to God with those things that trouble us and settling it with God, one thing at a time. I'm 83 at the time I'm recording this. Recently, thoughts came to me. You're 83. What if this happens to you? What if that happens to you? And I said, oh, God, help me. And I heard, God will supply all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. So what if something does happen? God will supply all my need. Well, all the weight lifted off of my shoulders. It was just like I had heavy weight on my shoulders. And it all lifted. What is there to be fearful of? God will supply all of my need. That's what happens when you pray and commit your cares to God. Then the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keeps your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So Peter tells us, be diligent that you will be found of Jesus in peace, without spot, and blameless. So we work constantly to keep ourselves in peace through prayer, and by that prayer, we connect with God. And so, of course, connecting with God makes us worthy to escape that which is coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. We are taken then to the new heaven and the new earth. We are given new spiritual bodies before we're taken there. Paul tells us about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Start at verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Don't we bear the image of the earthy right now? We look like our mother or our father. Well, we will bear the image of the heavenly of God. God is a spirit. We'll be changed out of this flesh. Verse 50, Paul says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all die but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye blink your eye 
That's how fast you will be taken out of this current physical body and be given your new spiritual body. For this physical body cannot go into heaven. It is subject to corruption. It is subject to disease and pain and sorrow. And in heaven, there won't be any disease or pain or sorrow. You can't have these physical bodies in heaven, Paul is telling us. Verse 53, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. The new heaven and the new earth, the Apostle John tells us about it in Revelation 21, 1 through 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. These are things we should look upon often because they are truth. They are the word of God. We establish these truths as we think upon them, as we live in them, as we share them with other people. As we share with other people, our own faith is established. Philemon, verse 6. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledging of those things God has done for us. By telling other people the things God has done for us, that communication of our faith becomes effectual in us. By telling other people's scriptures, we make the communication of our faith effectual. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Repetition is good. We should be looking at these scriptures and doing these scriptures and sharing the things God has done in our life. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.